have you been doing lately? Oh, so good to see you. Um, I've been actually really busy. I've gotten a lot of writing done, actually. Wait, I didn't know you were a writer. What do you write? Oh, I write fan fiction. F fan fi That's not real writing. Has this ever happened to you? Well, this podcast is here to provide a list of reasons why your friend is completely wrong about what real writing is. Hey, I can still hear you, you know. Hey there, writing cadets, and welcome back to the Moving Right Along podcast, created by young writers for young writers. We're your hosts, Ruby, Kat, and Ray. Last episode, we started off with a debate on how to plan your story, whether it be plotting, pantsing, or plantsing. Tune in next episode, where we'll announce the results. In today's episode, we're bringing you the question of... What is real writing? What counts as real writing? You know, there's so much doubt writers already deal with when confronting their work. We all kind of wonder, like, is this good? Is this not good? But we have the extra headache of wondering if other people even see it as genuine writing. And that really just shouldn't add on to the pile of stress that we already have to deal with. Um, but surprisingly, it does. So this debate is especially popular with fanfiction, which has increased in popularity an amazing amount in the last decade. So it initially began with the Star Trek fandom and their minds compelling them to make fanzines way back in the 1960s and around that time. So now there's a multitude of outlets specifically made for publishing fanfiction. The largest two that I can think of off the top of my mind are probably Wattpad and AO3, but there's a whole bunch more. And every fandom has their fair share, whether it's Twilight, Marvel, Supernatural, and a whole bunch more that I can think of on my own. There's just, there's so many, it's incredible. And still, even with the tremendous amount of these works that people put so much effort into, they're still not recognized on the same level as novels published and sold. So just to start us off, I think one thing that we all kind of wanted to talk about is like our experiences with fan fiction. Um, and so for me, when I was like, how old was I probably? I was probably like nine. I was like, I'm going to write a book. Um, and I didn't know what fan fiction was back then. Uh, and so what I did, oh my gosh, exposing myself. Um, what I did was I basically wrote um, like Children of the Avengers. So I took the Avengers <laughs> and I was like, what would their, their children? It's like, you know how like, do you guys know Ever After High? you heard of that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, about the children of, like, fairy tale characters. So I was like, I'm going to do that with the Avengers. And I was totally, like, convinced. I was like, this is a novel. This is going to be on the shelves. I can totally do this. <laughs> um, and I actually only recently realized that that was fan fiction. So that's, like, my one and, like, only really experience with fan fiction. But it was it was interesting. It was fun. That sounds interesting. Like, I'd love to read that. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would oh, read that. no, guys, no. <laughs> you know, have any of you ever watched Digimon? I remember one of my, like, creative stories back in primary school was about, um, it was, like, called, like, Pidgeymon or something like that. It was basically straight up ripped off from Digimon. So I know that's not technically fan fiction, but it definitely has those kind of fanfiction-y elements in that I basically like the story, like the concept, but wanted to put my own characters in it, but just didn't think about the idea of fanfiction. 
what about you, Ray? How what like what are your experiences with fan fiction? Have you ever written any or like read any or what do you what do you think? So I don't really read a lot of fan fiction, but I have written fan fiction and in fact one of the reasons I kind of realized I loved writing so much and like wanted to kind of start taking it seriously was because I wrote and oh my god, I'm exposing myself again. I wrote a Percy <laughs> Jackson fan fiction with, you know, my own character yes. and stuff. And it was just something I kind of did for fun. Like, I never actually published it anywhere. I just kind of felt like writing, and I had this cool character, and I was like, bet, like, why don't I tell this story? And I did, you know, and it was one of the reasons I realized, like, I love the idea of writing. I love making my own characters, like, making these people and telling a story through these people. But, yeah, I never actually published it anywhere, but... The only person who ever read it was my best friend, and so I, I, you know, I handed him my phone, and he read it, and he was like, dude, this is something, like, I would actually read. This is something, like, he, he told me, and I remember this to this day, it is, like, the biggest, like, writing compliment I've ever received. It's one of the reasons I actually pursued writing, so, um, he said, this sounds like something Rick Riordan wrote himself, and I was like, whoa, (gasps) hold up, wait, what? I was like, no way, (laughs) because no absolutely not but you know I think that sense of fan fiction like really shouldn't be overlooked because it's one of the reasons you know a lot of like published authors really amazing authors like uh some authors that Taiwi actually works with Marissa Myers and Chloe Gong you know they're they're really great writers and they started through fan fiction and that's something that happens to a lot of writers so you know in that sense fan fiction definitely should not be overlooked as a real genuine source of writing Yes, that is so wholesome. Oh my gosh, Percy Jackson's night. <laughs> he did so yes. much for all of us. Looping back around to just what Mary was saying about the quality of fan fiction. Um, I think I think it does get discredited just because it's using other writers' characters and other writers' worlds. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree that I don't I don't I don't really see why people feel the need to discredit fan fiction because if you think about it, most of our popular stories are just retail uh, most of our popular stories are fan fiction. The Grimm brothers are fan fiction of fairy tales essentially because they basically take fairy tale concepts and like wrote it down in, in a fairy tale way so when people say that fan fiction isn't like proper writing and stuff like that it's, it's like well you know then call out every single like retelling you've ever heard otherwise you don't have a point i think that point you brought up cat about um the Grimm Brothers fairy tales is really interesting because if you look at like the original Disney movies, like the Disney princess movies, like the Snow White movie, the Cinderella movie, Sleeping Beauty, those are really all just fan fiction of those fairy tales. So discrediting fan fiction to me has always been kind of weird because it's like, but you, you love Disney princesses. So like that's considered like real writing, you know, because it's Disney, you know, so. <laughs> Um, but honestly, like, some fan fiction, it is so incredibly well-written. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, some of this, I don't know if y'all have heard of this, but some fanfics have, like, these incredibly deep quotes that, like, go viral. And everybody's like, wow, that sounds like it's from, like, Shakespeare or, like, an Ernest Hemingway or just, like, something fancy like that. And then they're like, oh, no, it's from, like, um, a Captain America fanfic. Just, like, things like that. So, <laughs> I think it just proves, like, that all writing has value to it, and all writing is real writing. Even if, like, you might be discredited by someone else, or somebody else is saying, oh, it's fanfic, doesn't count. It counts. 
yeah i think i think there's definitely some times where i've been reading fan fiction i'm like this is so high quality if it was like you know a technically published novel i wouldn't be able to tell the difference those lines between fan fiction and actual published works um blur so easily in regards to quality which gives which brings me to a little game we're gonna play (laughs) so ray (laughs) kick it off So there's five quotes before us, and we have to guess if they're from fan fiction or another published work of literature. So we hope that this exercise is really going to prove that the quality of writing is not dependent on where it is, its status of publication, its target audience who wrote it, or whether or not it's fan fiction. And here to help us, oh my gosh, you guys, is our amazing producer, Simone! Woo! Oh my god, it's so cool. Oh my god. Hi guys. And um what's the uh what's the prize for whoever wins? What do they get? Uh whoever wins will get validation from Simone because that's all we really want in life is for Simone to tell us that we're we're doing a good job. Finally. (laughs) Okay, so y'all ready, contestants? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Our first quote is I think we deserve a soft epilogue, my love. We are good people, and we've suffered enough. Is that fan fiction or real writing? <laughs> you didn't think it was going to be so hard, did you? Uh, no. Um, see, I want to say, quote, real writing, but like based on the fact that this is a game to the side of, you know, that's real, I, uh, I'm i going to say fan fiction. <laughs> this, this is messing with my head. Okay, I, I'm going to go with fan fiction because... Because that's what my gut is telling me. Um, Ruby, what do you think? Yeah, well, I had a bit of an advantage because I suggested this quote for the game. <gasps> um, so, <laughs> I'm guys, I'm gonna guess fan fiction. <laughs> Cheater. And it is indeed fan fiction. <laughs> and to credit the author, it is Seventy Years of Sleep by oh gosh, Cardia Machina, uh, and it's from the Marvel fan fiction or fandom. Captain America fanfic. Captain America. Captain America. America. Oh yep. my god. Wow. Isn't it so beautiful? The first time I read that, I didn't that know is. it was a fanfic. And I literally was like, this is like the kind of writing I aspire towards. Like, this is like the goal. Alright, so I think we all got that right. Yes, we're going into Ooh. quote number two, or question number two, tied. So, our second quote is, to love or have loved, that is enough. Ask nothing further. There is no other pearl to be found in the dark folds of life. So I feel like I might have heard this before. I totally could be so wrong about this, though. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I think it's from a published work. Um, just because the line to love or to have loved is seems, feels like really familiar. But, you know, so I'm going to say I'm going to say published work. I don't know. This is so difficult. Um, I still think this one is fan fiction. I don't I don't know. It's just giving me that fanfic vibe. Okay, I think I'm gonna say uh, who do I trust more, Ruby or <laughs> Ruby or Ray? Wow. wow! I got a big one. Um, like it's not gonna be me. Uh, I, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I, I trust Ruby. Um, traditionally what? published because I bully you so much. I feel I feel like I have to be nice. Oh to my you god! So I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say it's traditionally published like works instead of fan fiction. Okay, so it is from. Something you might have heard of. It's from Les Mis by Victor <gasps> Hugo. Oh! I got it right! Oh my gosh, I knew I'd heard that before. Like, I don't know, I haven't even read Les Mis, so I don't know where I heard that. Maybe the movie. 
you know, isn't Les Mis just fan fiction of historical events? That's that's big brain. I mean, mean, if you really think about it, technically, French Revolution fanfic. Does does that make the Hamilton the Hamilton musical fanfic? Hamilton fanfic. Yeah, you're so right. Y'all are enraging some theater nerds right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, our screenwriter Del, our scriptwriter is crying right now. She's sorry, Del. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, so. Quote number three, and Ray, you are down one point, so make a comeback. That's embarrassing. Our third one is, we move forward. We look to the future. We work for a better tomorrow. We live. I'm going to say fanfic for this one. Um, Just something about, like, the... Okay, this is totally like a shot in the dark, but I feel like a lot of like very famous um, traditional works, like with lines like this, are often written in third person. And something about this being written in first person, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say fanfic. So that's my guess. That's big brain. <laughs> See, I, this is giving me either contemporary, like kind of coming of age vibes or dystopian vibes. Mm. So I'm going to say a novel or another traditionally published work or whatever calling it. I'm going to go with that. Um, I'm going to trust Ray this time. Oh God, that's pressure. <laughs> I'm Lord. sorry, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with traditionally published. I'm going to go with traditionally published. And if it's wrong, Simone, please tell Ray off and take an extra point away from them That's instead of me. So I only have one. <laughs> Ray, I'm uh, going to give you an extra five second head start to run. No! Because it is fan fiction. <laughs> Y'all, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> no. Really? And it is, to credit the author, it is The Reclamation of Black Magic, a Harry Potter fan fiction from <gasps> Jay Alani on AO3. Wow. These fanfic writers are insane. They're, they're on they're something so else. talented. Kat, you were very calm about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gathering up my rage. <laughs> I'm going to win, you guys. I need it. I need to win. I'm going to win. The best they can do is tie you now, Ruby. Let's see. Number four is it is true we shall be monsters cut off from all the world but on that account we shall be more attached to one another i'm gonna go last this time because i don't want you guys to steal my answer no no cat cat why don't you go first this time we've been going first we've done it um i'm gonna say so difficult i think i'm gonna go with um i'm gonna go with traditional i'm gonna say fan fiction on this one i think this one is fan fiction I'm going to say traditional, and I'm not going to tell you my reasoning on that until the end of the game. Okay, so this one is from, and knowing Del, our script writer, she is the highness of horror in our pod squad. So, of course, she chose something from Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Wait, so I have yep. three. You have three points. Yep. <laughs> I have to get this last one right. I have to get it right. I have to get it right. Ruby has four, and Ray, you are in last with one. <laughs> But, (laughs) this is very hard. But our last quote, it was a last minute edition and it is worth a total of five points. Oh, um, Oh, watch me get this wrong again. But I want to win. Well, we don't want you to win, so. You can still (laughs) win, Ruby. Yeah, well, watch me. I will have you pick between traditional publishing and general internet quotes. 
it might not technically be from fan fiction. It might not technically be from traditional publishing. Just let me know your general thoughts on it, okay? Our last quote. The fear within me is beyond anything your soul can make. You cannot kill me in a way that matters. Well, that's dark, and I love it. Yeah. Is it from the internet, or is it from traditional publishing? Part of me wants to say it's, like, from speculative fiction, like, some, or maybe something like horror, like, maybe even, like, Goosebumps um, vibe. I'm going to go with internet quotes. And if any of you say internet quotes, then you're just copying me. And I feel like I should get oh, extra <laughs> reasoning, though. Yeah, you see, that's the problem, is I know this quote. And I know you exactly know it. what it is. I know it, so. You're me. <laughs> I didn't suggest it. I didn't suggest <laughs> it. So I just know it. I think this one is going to be an internet quote. Um, so as previously stated, I know exactly what this quote is, and I know what it's from, um, which is why I can confidently say, internet quote. <laughs> so, it is from a general Tumblr trash post by Person Sunnable, um, about mushrooms. Mush! Yes, would you like to hear the full quote? It's quite yes. epic. Yes, I would yes, love okay. to hear it. Absolutely. Can you feel your heart burning? Can you feel the struggle within? The fear within me is beyond anything your soul can make. You cannot kill me in a way that matters. And it's about, Goodness you know, gracious. death and decay and mushrooms. And mushrooms. Wild. Oh yep. my god. All right. Hey, Simone, what, what's the final score? <laughs> Shut up, Ruby. In last place, we have Ray with six. <laughs> Technically two. Cat, you have eight. And Ruby, you have nine. Yeah! (laughs) And what what was that prize again, Simone? Yeah, Simone, what's the prize again? Good job, Ruby. I'm leaving now. (laughs) (laughs) To me, sounds so late. (laughs) Poor Simone, she's so done with us. Guys, I feel so validated. It feels really good. Oh, I, wow. bet it, I bet it does. I bet it does feel good. This is my yeah. peak. I hope you guys enjoyed that game, and I hope you guys agree that uh, Ruby shouldn't have won. Because <laughs> <Yay! laughs> she cheated. No, Ruby deserves the validation after all the bullying we put Ruby that's through. True, that's um, true. Now we're gonna carry on talking about what we think real writing is, and we discuss a bit about fan fiction. But, like, let's look at the traditional side, because even in traditional publishing, there is a lot of snobbishness. There's a lot of people thinking that some genres aren't really real writing. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people think that the only type of real writing are things like literary fiction. So if you don't know what that is, literary fiction is things like Of Mice and Men, The Great Gatsby, things like that. So it's normally realistic fiction, and it normally has some sort of, like, deeper deeper meaning to it so a lot of people consider that literary fiction is the only true writing and things like genre fiction so sci-fi fantasy horror mystery all the like fun stuff um isn't really considered (laughs) real writing so what are your guys thoughts about this is there anything that you think you get like really annoyed when people say that a certain genre isn't real writing or have you been writing a certain genre and people have said that's not real writing uh, I feel like for me, um, I think YA in general is just discredited. Uh, I know like in the past, like when I've wanted to like tell someone what I write, I don't want to tell them I write YA, especially if it's like an older adult 
Um, just because I think there's a lot of stigmas around YA fiction, that it doesn't have value to it, that it's not written well, that it isn't as legitimate as other forms of fiction that we have. Um, and so I think, like, I know I can have a hard time with that. Things geared towards younger people are generally discredited. Uh, and I can't give you a solid reason why, but I know that I can have a really hard time with that. So what about you, Ray? Well, Ruby, I know you you write romance. You're a huge romance writer oh. and probably reader. So if you want to, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and what you think the stigma is behind it? Oh my gosh, I would love to. Um, so there is, oh my gosh, there's so much stigma around romance. Um, I actually read a really good book. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it, Today, Tonight, Tomorrow by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Um, it's a contemporary YA romance, and in it, the main character, she's a romance writer. Um, and I think I'd never really realized much of the stigmas around romance fiction until I read that book. Um, and I think, you know, this is a very broad, overarching statement, but I think a, a decent amount of it, honestly, is to do with kind of sexism and just the idea that women's what women want to read in fiction is less valuable than what men want to read there's a lot of um ideas as if romance isn't as good or isn't as valuable um just because it centers around something that's more female centric and more geared towards females so i know as a person who writes romance um and i don't write just romance i usually write speculative with romance as one of my major plot points um i know that i can have a really i can really feel like discredited by just like kind of the world when it comes to writing books that love romance. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to talk about this more in a later episode, but I think misogyny is a part of it. And just like the idea that what women have to say um, and what women have to write just isn't as important and isn't as intelligent or educational. And, you know, I'm not saying romance is educational, but I think it's very much like you know, that doesn't make it any less writing or any less real writing. So those are my thoughts on romance. I have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, um, I read, I'm not sure about write, but I read a lot of contemporary kind of um, fiction. I know that's kind of a broad topic, but uh, there's a lot of stigma that, that it faces because it's mainly geared to that younger audience of, you know, young teens and young adults. And I think that's a lot of the reasons why it's sometimes discredited because it is some people and okay, some contemporary fiction, I've read a lot of them that are very dramatic and kind of weird. So yeah, I get it. But like at the same time, there is a lot of contemporary that's really just beautiful in a way and it, it makes you think and it's one of my favorite genres to read. And um, I think a lot of people discredit it for that fact that it's not dramatic but people think it's dramatic because it looks at it looks at kind of a life and growing up in a way that's not kind of romanticizing it but kind of breaking it down and recognizing what we have going on in the world and what's that what that's like to be a young person growing up with it yeah i definitely yeah i definitely agree about you know both of your points about the different like genres that get discredited and i think as well one of the reasons that these genres get discredited is because people think that it's easier to write, right? So a lot of children books, authors talk about how a lot of people think that writing children fiction is easier to write. I mean, I remember talking to this um, children's author and he was saying that like people all the time like say, oh, you're a children's author, it must be so easy. But what they don't take into account that it, it's a different skill set because 
when you're writing for children, you also have to take into account that you want to make it easy enough for them to understand without making it so easy that you're like dumbing it down for your audience. Or you also have to be be much more careful with the kind of messages that you're sending to children's authors and um children I mean children's authors <laughs> messages you're sending to children. And like for most of us who grow up reading children's books, that's our first thing about writing, like reading and writing. We grow up reading our ch- like children's books and stuff like that. So for most of us, those books that we read in childhood are the things that shape us. So when people try and discredit that and say, well, children's writing isn't isn't real writing, it's not that hard to do, it's sort of saying, well, you know, when you were a child and you read those books, were they any less magical because they were for children? No, they weren't. They were perfectly calibrated to your age and that like moment in time. Uh, what I also want to ask you guys is what you think about people talking bad about like screenwriters and stuff like that because a lot of people say that screenwriting isn't real real writing because um when you finish writing a screen screenplay you normally hand it off to a director who will then go and make the film and like a bunch of actors and they'll normally have their input on it and i know that ray you like me are a screenwriter and you look like you're ready to fight so what do you think about that that, those words triggered me (laughs) (laughs) hello I so obviously I'm a writer. Duh, that's why I'm on this podcast. But I don't really write a lot of novels. I think I've actually fun fact, I've never written a novel before ever. And I probably won't to be honest. I am a screenwriter at heart and whenever I tell people like, "Oh, I'm a writer." And they're like, "Oh my god, what kind of novels do you write?" I'm like, "I don't write novels." And they're like, "Then what do you write?" I'm like, "I'm a screenwriter." If you, I know what you said, Kat. I totally agree. Like when you write a screenplay, you hand it off to the directors and the actors are what make your character come to life. And you know the set, it what it's what makes it real when that movie or TV show or whatever it is gets produced and made into a screen screen show, whatever we're calling that. But <laughs> the fact is, you wouldn't have that thing on the screen if not for the screenwriter. If I didn't sit at my computer and write that screenplay, it wouldn't be on the screen. The director wouldn't have directed it. It would have gotten produced. The actors wouldn't have been acting the characters. And the characters wouldn't have been created in the first place. I laid down the the groundwork. I put the first step down. And those people then came in and polished it off and made it what it is. You know, screenwriters, I'm going to say this a million times and louder for the people in the back. Screenwriters are real writers. Screenwriters are real writers. You can talk to the wall on that, okay? Talk to the wall. Mic drop part two. Mic drop part two. (laughs) I'm going off in this episode. I'm angry about that. That was so good. Yeah. Well, I come from a more outside perspective. I'm basic. I just write novels. (laughs) Um, But that is to say, any writing, you're a writer. Like, it doesn't matter if you do screenwriting. It doesn't matter if you do, like, comic book writing or you work on graphic novels or just, like, any medium, you're a writer if you write. Um, and so that was, that was awesome, right? I feel like a proud mom, even though I'm only like two years older than you. <laughs> okay. Well, how about yeah. I'm proud, proud older sister. That's me. I'm okay, okay with that one. We'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah. But Kat, you're a screenwriter as well. So do you mm-hmm. have any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with Ray about, you know, I think, I think it's ridiculous when people discredit screenwriters and say that, that, you know, it's not real writing because you have, you know, the actors interpretations because if you look at some famous screenwriters like um aaron sorkin he wrote uh the social network you can tell when it's an aaron sorkin screen like 
play because he has a very distinct style of writing. And even the writers who don't have that sort of distinct style of writing, you know, if it wasn't for the screenwriters, that movie or film wouldn't, like that movie, TV show, wouldn't exist. One of my favourite screenplays is actually, almost linking back to your point about um, sexism, is uh, The Devil Wears Prada. It's one of... I love that movie. Love that movie. I love it. It is so good, right? And it's a very well-written screenplay. If you've ever read the screenplay for it, especially the opening segment, it is a very, very well-written screenplay. And people discredit the writing in that, one, because it's a screenplay, and two, obviously, because it's a female-oriented film. And also because people think that... Because a lot of the film is about fashion, right? People don't take things like fashion seriously. And they think to themselves... Well, it needs to have like a deeper, deeper meaning. And there is a deeper meaning in there. But one of my favourite parts about that film is because it's just it's just such a fun film, isn't it? It's a fun film. And my question is, why do you think that people think all writing, you know, has to have these like ten layers of like social commentary and like things like that instead of allowing it just to be a fun film? It can be a fun film with like, you know, there is a deeper meaning in Devil Wears Prada about, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice for your work? But it doesn't need to have that kind of the curtains were blue, which means that the, <laughs> the characters were sad level of writing. What do you yeah. think about that, Ruby? About whether writing yeah. needs to have levels of deeper meaning or whether you're allowed to just write something that's fun? Mm-hmm. I'm, that is such a good question, and I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, so for me, my novels that I've written are not... Um, they're not they're not classics. They are not these like crazy deep social commentary. Um, and that's just because that's not the kind of writer I am. Um, I want to write books that make people happy and that people read them and they feel like they get a chance to like escape from whatever might be hard and just like go and enjoy themselves. Like entertainment has always been what I've focused on in my writing. Um, and so you know, I think that this is such a valuable question, like, I know for me, I can feel really insecure about my books because they're not like these, it's not like the next um, Les Mis, not the next Great Gatsby, uh, and I know that it isn't because it isn't like this deep, like, all these, let's just say they're not going to be studying my books in English classes. So I feel like, um, I think it's so, it's so easy to fall into this, like, pit of feeling like, wow, I don't write these beautiful, these books with these beautiful prose or these books with these deep veiled meanings. Um, And I just think it's important that writers just know, like, you are not any less valuable if you're not writing the next, like, classic. Like, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we, we write for ourselves. We write books that we would want to read or we write screenplays of movies that we want to read or we write poems that we want to read. We write for ourselves and everything else doesn't matter just as much as how you feel about your writing and yourself. So I feel like, you know, just this is going to sound a little extreme, but you know what? Screw anybody else who tells you your writing is any less valuable. That's what I have to say, because you're a writer, and that's amazing. <laughs> Mic drop for Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, uh, I totally agree with everything you just said, Ruby, but actually coming from quite a different standpoint of what you said, I do like to have some sort of a like a meaning in my stories. I mean, obviously we all have themes in our stories, but I like to kind of have this message that I want my audience to receive. You know, it's not like 
the great classics with their deep, like you said, cat, the curtains are yeah. blue, so the character's depressed. I don't do that. In fact, I'm not subtle at all with my meanings. They are very there on the surface. You can see them. It's painfully obvious. But I mainly like to focus on my characters and telling themes through them and mainly messages about people and how we as people kind of act in a way and how we're all so different and how one of my biggest themes actually in uh, my current work in progress um, is how we all cope with things in different ways and we all come out different people because of that. And I like to show that through my messages because I'm a very... I think I mentioned this a lot in the previous episode, but I'm a very character-driven writer, and so showing that message for me is kind of important as a writer because I want my writing to have a purpose. Like, Ruby just writing for entertainment. I read books for pure entertainment. I don't read anything with, like, deeper meanings. And I don't want my books to be studied, you know, in English class because it loses its value that way, for me at least. But yeah. writing is writing, and... You know, deeper meaning or not, you're still worth it. Yeah. I mean, talking about studying, being studied in English class, can we mention the king of being studied in English class, Mr. Shaky Shakespeare himself? Uh, Shaky Shaky. Yeah, Yeah, Mr. Mr. Shaky (laughs) Shaky. Something that I think is interesting is how much people don't realise that Shakespeare was a popular, like, um creator. He he would be the kind of Marvel Studios of today in terms of that, you know, his writing was popular. I mean, he has things like fart jokes in his, you know, <laughs> scripts. This man was not highbrow. And the fact is that, like, he did have deeper meanings in some of his stories, and he did have, like, less deeper meanings in some of the other ones. So for people to kind of say that, you know, if your work is also, like, popular, you know, if it's the, if you're writing a screenplay for, like, Marvel, it's not real writing because it's not, you know, this deep, you know, angsty, parasite-style um, kind of writing. If you look at people like Shakespeare, he was writing for the people. He was writing for the masses. He was writing stories that could be enjoyed by everyone and that doesn't need, like, 24 brains to understand. And also talking about Shakespeare, because I just like to talk about Shakespeare. Today is Shakespeare <laughs> Hour on the podcast. Um, Cat's Shakespeare Hour. That's going to be a recurring segment. Um, something that I think a lot of people writers sort of discredit is they talk about you know you have to have an original concept if you don't have an original concept then you're just copying all these other things let me tell you every writer is copying from another writer every writer yes mr shaky shakespeare the king of being studied shaky 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 (laughs) he was he copied the the plot of Romeo and Juliet is almost identical to the plot of Pyramus and Thisbe. And if you don't know what Pyramus and Thisbe is, go look it up. It's basically the whole concept. It's star-crossed, lion, um, star-crossed lovers, and it also has a lion in it. So, you know, did Romeo and Juliet have a lion in it? I don't think so. So if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not a real writer because I'm not coming up with these really highbrow, you know, literary concepts, literary themes, then just take a note from Shakespeare and just... You know, take a bit, take a concept, make it your own, and have fun with it. Like drop part four. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Period. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, guys, speaking of shaky shaky himself, I shared my favorite line from Romeo and Juliet today with everybody, and they were all horrified. So if you think <laughs> my writing isn't as good as Shakespeare, think about this line from Shakespeare. You're a saucy boy, Romeo. Yep, it's a real one. 
Google it. Google it. Look it up. It's real. There's a quote in Macbeth that um, he, um this guy says, what, you egg? Like, that's literally one of, one of the lines from Macbeth. Someone gets stabbed and goes, what, you egg? Then he dies. And then, and then they're like, so, no, you don't need to have, yeah, that is, you don't need to have these high, our high prose things. It can just be things that you enjoy. And also, if people want to read a deeper meaning into it, people are gonna, going to read a deeper meaning into it. You might be telling a really simple story about a cat and its owner, and that might really resonate with somebody who maybe has like, lost their cat or whatever. So, you know, you you just put your work out there. Let people take what they want from it. If people say that you're not a real writer, call us up and we'll go beat them up for you. Yeah, <laughs> Which would be scared. Okay, yeah, so at the end of the day, Shakespeare was just a writer. <laughs> we do idolize him in this interesting way, but that's what he was. He was a writer, and he wrote comedies, he wrote romance, he wrote so many things. Um, but I think overall, what I'm really, I've really gotten out of this episode, and what I hope the listeners have gotten out, is that good writing isn't just found in one place. It is everywhere, and it's deserving of the same chance that highbrow literature receives. You know, all writing is valuable, and all writing is writing. So don't discredit yourself. We prompt you to try either writing or reading something new. A recent YA bestseller, that quick novel you disdained when it first came out, a fanfiction based upon your favourite movie, or simply rereading your old childhood favourite. Writing-wise, you can try your hand at new genres. Perhaps a romantic short story, a book you'd read to a little sibling teaching them a life lesson, even borrowing characters from a show you like and examining them in more detail. Exploring new areas of writing is essential to making sure you're well-rounded. Who knows? Maybe you'll discover a new favourite quote to hold close. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Exploring new areas of writing is essential to making sure you're well-rounded, both as a writer, a reader, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll discover a new favourite quote to hold close, like those crazy fan fiction quote i still can't get over that Wild. but anyway <laughs> until next time writing cadets it's been a wonderful adventure and we'll see you on our next one thank you for listening to the moving right along podcast made possible by the young writers initiative tune in next week where we reveal the results of our plotter versus pantser versus planter poll and we talk about misogyny in young adult fiction. You can follow us on Instagram at Moving Right Along Podcast or find us on the Young Writers Initiative website, tywi.org. And while you're there, why not check out the new chapters program? There's still time to sign up and bring the URL to the IRL. Also, make sure to enter into the manuscript and chapbook contest sponsored by Book Pipeline that closes on September 30th. And there's always plenty of fun events going on over on our Discord, The Writer's Town. And thank you to our amazing team, without whom none of this would be possible. Our producer, Simone, our co-producer, Jasmine, our scriptwriter, Delaney, and last but certainly not least, our social media manager, Cassette. All sound effects today were taken from the Free Sound Project, and all music is from filmmusic.io by Kevin McLeod. Today you heard Wholesome, Beauty Flow, and Sunflower Dance Party.